Hey guys, I'm Court. And I'm Kate. And you're listening to another episode of The The Castle Chat. Chat. Hey friends, and welcome back to another episode of our Disney-inspired podcast. It's officially a new year, but before we jump into all that Disney has up their sleeve in 2024, let's reflect on what the year 2023 brought us as Disney fans. Want to experience more magic with us outside of this episode? Be sure to follow us on all socials at The Castle Chat. If you love what you hear, please leave us a rating or review on Apple or Spotify so we can continue to build this community. Are you ready to jump into the episode? Let's chat about it. Oh my gosh, it's a new year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. It's 2024 and I am struggling to believe that we've already started and ended 2023. It was a wild ride. It feels like 2023 was like a month long. Yeah, I mean from the start of it and the memories that I have like in my personal life to the end of it, I I totally agree. It feels like it lasted eight weeks maybe and well, now it's over we're in 2024 happy new year we hope you guys had a happy and healthy new year's eve and are starting your 2024 off strong we are excited to be back after the holidays and we have so much in store this year for the castle chat we're super excited if you didn't listen to our last episode which was our 2023 wrapped go back give it a listen it's all of our i guess podcast and personal life stuff from 2023 and then this episode is all of the 2023 disney news that happened last year so we got the best of both worlds between this episode and our last episode yeah i think that the version of this that we did last year we talked about it in our last episode but it was one of you guys favorite episodes of the year so we're gonna start off strong give you what you want and just run through everything that happened for us as Disney fans in 2023 from what happened in the parks, things that closed or opened or announcements to movies that came out, things that came out on Disney Plus and maybe some uh, minor things that happened within like the company side of Disney. Um, So buckle up. We've got uh, quite a bit to go through. I feel like we should kick things off with the parks because that is the bulk of the news that we have. And it typically always is because there's just so much to talk about. And we're not just talking about Walt Disney World, which is our home park today. We are also going to be mentioning some of the news from our international parks or even Disneyland. So lots to cover. Let's kick it off, though, with Walt Disney World, our home park, our baby girl, Walt Disney World. Yes, we love her. I don't think I've ever called her baby girl, baby girl, but she is that girl. She is. She is. And a lot happened at Walt Disney World this year. What are some of your like top moments of 2023 at Walt Disney World? Um, I mean, we've talked about news items, I guess. Yeah, we've talked about um, 
the 50th anniversary in general um, for Courtney and I is a very special season to be Disney fans and um, a special time in our lives where we got to go and participate a lot. So we did see the closing or rounding out of the Walt Disney World 50th anniversary towards the beginning of the year. And I think that kind of hit me a little more emotionally than I would have anticipated just knowing all of the memories wrapped up in that celebration um, and seeing it come to a close. It was kind of bittersweet, excited for new things to come, but also knowing that that season um, for Disney and for my life was you know, gonna, gonna have an end note or a a chapter, um, that finished. So I think that, you know, just being a part of the 50th, we've said it before, um, was super special. And so getting to have a little bit of it at the beginning of this year was great, but I think there's some pretty obvious big hitters that happen in Disney parks that would be on anybody's favorite list. Um, I think the easiest one to mention would be final openings of attractions we've been waiting for, expecting those to happen in the 50th. Um, and they happened right after the 50th, but that's okay. They happened. Um, do you, should we, should we talk about those? Yes. So the biggest one I think of the year would be Tron light cycle. It is an attraction that gosh, we had been sitting on for such a long time. It felt like Tron was this idea (laughs) that had been sitting for like five years. I know it wasn't five years, but it it felt that long. And when it finally opened, I was like, oh my goodness, I've been staring at this building. They've just kept kept building and kept building and every time I'd visit I'd get on the people mover and see the progress they'd made in my mind I was like oh it's never gonna open because it just never felt like it was ever gonna get there and so to finally see the date announcement of April I think it was like fourth or something and to watch it open not in person but online and I still haven't had the honor of of riding it yet because I haven't been to Walt Disney World (laughs) since it opened so I'm very much looking forward to riding that in my trip next month. Very much looking forward to that. Um, I know you've had opportunity to ride it, though. So, yeah, I've been on it once, one time only. Um, I did have the privilege to go back to Disney since then, and I have watched family members and loved ones and friends ride it. Um, but being pregnant, I cannot straddle a light cycle and (laughs) ride, um, on the grid. So I have just been watching from a distance. I actually have a pretty funny video of Sam I can put on our Instagram where he is like, um, Jesusing on the light cycle oh with his arms out and his hair flowing in the wind. Um, it's pretty funny. That's um, hilarious. Honestly, though, if it was um, healthy and allowed for you to get on a light cycle as a pregnant woman, I know that you would at least try. Oh, um, for sure. To have that moment. Yeah. With Baby Baker. Oh, for sure. <laughs> but yeah. that's not allowed. And we do not condone getting on amusement park rides that are not recommended for expected mothers. So please do not try at home or try at theme parks. <laughs> yes. we Sam and I actually had a, that conversation of like, we went in August. I wasn't that pregnant. I could, you know, in terms of my size, fit on things fine. And we both were like, it's not even worth it to no, put yourself not. at risk or put the cast members at risk of feeling responsible or having an emergency happen or anything like that so um as much as I would have loved to have been on it more than once I have at least gotten to ride it once which 
was great. Um, there is an episode, a trip recap, our beach club episode where we talk about my um, drama getting there if you want to go back and listen. But um, yes, Tron is a huge one. I think that it has been a huge success. I think it's a great addition to Magic Kingdom. Magic Kingdom needed a bigger thrill and I hope in the future they continue to add attractions like Tron that are digestible. They're not overwhelming. Um, and they're enjoyable for a lot of different ages. So um, it was super exciting to finally have that open in the parks. And I don't think you're actually far off. I have a picture of Sam and I on a like tester light cycle that you could like sit on in like 2018, 2019. Oh my gosh, maybe I'm that really has been that long then. Yeah. So I don't know that like ground was broken until later um but i mean it's been something that's been sitting in the park in tomorrowland where people can see it for a very long time well i think it's just because i'm in denial that like 2019 was now five years ago like 2019 2019 feels like it was last year so when i say five years ago i think in my brain i'm like oh it's 2016 yeah and it's not that's we're old the math is not mathing with that the year add up there um i think covid just really screwed us all over when it comes to timelines of things and obviously with Disney's timelines like they had intentions of opening things during those years that got pushed years and years back and it's crazy to see some of these attractions now be open even thinking about like the construction that we've seen at Epcot over the years we are still in heavy construction zones in Epcot and we have had a breakthrough with that we had world celebration open and dreamers point which is a new area in epcot that does not have the construction walls anymore which feels like oh my gosh we've unlocked a section of the map <laughs> like i know it feels like a video game like we can enter this next realm you finally yeah you finally achieved this level you may enter um yes world celebration and um that little central area behind spaceship earth and epcot which has had construction ro- walls around it for so long again something that i think was intended to be opened for the 50th anniversary or epcot's 40th anniversary that timeline wise just got pushed and pushed and pushed further back um is finally open to people to go and explore and hang out it seems like there are tons of seating areas for people to just go sit enjoy a snack or i know people um who are local to florida will do work days in the parks and like take a laptop and and do some work from home type stuff answer emails and this is like this is the spot like it is beautiful it seems like it's pretty serene like the music that they play and the vegetation and all that stuff that they put in there it's a a beautiful spot to just go sit and take in the beauty of Epcot Um, but in addition to all of that we got the Walt statue oh yeah that is something that I feel like as Disney adults we have truly been waiting for when they announced that at I think it was D23 Mm -hmm. um it was something that I was like oh my goodness you're gonna get to sit next to Walt and it's gonna be him looking over Epcot which was such a big part of his heart we know that Epcot was his dream and to see his statue there just makes so much sense um, so I'm excited to uh, to sit next to Walt. Yeah, so, so soon. Yes, it's it's really sweet and really special um, because when you see the partner statue in Magic Kingdom with Walt and Mickey, Walt looking back towards Main Street and kind of showing Mickey um, the the magic that he was able to create because of Mickey. 
Um, that's really special, but it's totally closed in. It's got flowers around it. You can't get up close. And you, I mean, like you said, like you can sit next to Walt. And I think as Disney fans, in a really major sense, sitting next to a representation of Walt and just in your mind being like, man, what would he think if he was sitting here taking this in, seeing that this Epcot center that he thought up, um, you know, this is what it is today. What would he think? I think that that is a really big deal for Disney fans. So to finally have that representation of him in Epcot, which was such a near and dear project to his heart, um, is, is really cool. Yeah. Another thing that we got in Epcot this year is Moana's Journey of Water, which is also a construction project that, gosh, we had been waiting on for quite a while. So we are starting to see those construction walls slowly but surely come down um, with the beauty of this Moana area. All the content that I have seen of this, it's just it's just like breathtaking the way that the rock work is and Tafiti and just it looks incredible I know it's not like you know high thrill or anything it's a walk through water magical experience so there's only like so much you can get out of it but aesthetically I feel like it really like hits the mark yeah I um I think this area is beautiful I think that it is um it's right across from the seas with Nemo and friends so it is in that like water area of Epcot and so the way that they're doing the new neighborhoods with it being in world nature all of those things make sense I still think like in terms of the cosmetics of it it looks like it should belong in Animal Kingdom Um, but it's finally open it's something to enjoy I think um, younger kids probably as much as you could imagine them loving like the little splash pads that Epcot I don't know if they still have them, but they're kind of in the main central walk area. Um, kids could spend hours in here, I'm sure. And the way the water interacts and like plays back with you when you're doing certain things, it's just a really neat concept. So um, I think that this is a, a good addition to Epcot. I think the walkthrough attractions are actually not, even though it's not a quote unquote ride, people love to ride rides. I yeah. think having something that pulls people in and takes up their time but is free flowing and moving where you're not having to wait in a line is actually a really nice thing to start putting in the parks yeah it's just other ways to like you said accumulate people which in turn might help with some of the ride or the queues and the lines that we do have because there's other areas of the park where people can pour their attention into, which that helps. For sure. Helps spread out the people in the park. So that was kind of it for um, the two biggest things that opened in Epcot. Was there anything else that opened or closed in this past year that was pretty big? Um, definitely want to talk about the closure of Splash Mountain. I think that that is a really, really big one. Oh, it's huge. Like, thinking about how iconic splash mountain is and the memories that we have of this ride like when i think of disney and my childhood and the ride that i love the most like yes my favorite ride is big thunder mountain but i all my favorite memories are on splash mountain because i think about like the times where me and my family got soaked and the times that we didn't and like all of our ride photos and they're so hilarious and like 
that's the one that is like the photo we would buy when we would like buy a ride photo from Disney and so like personally there's so many memories associated with Splash Mountain but I feel like it's just such an iconic attraction in Magic Kingdom and it's about to get even better in my hopes you know so um, I think a lot of people were like sad but expectant for the closure of Splash Mountain and what's to come. Yeah, I think all that Disney has been doing in terms of their storytelling and their theming and the way that they have new access to technology that they didn't have when they first curated what Splash Mountain originally was. Um, I know the storyline and the film that Splash Mountain comes from has um, some racial undertones that Disney was not super fond of representing in the parks and so now being able to take an african-american princess and give her representation and also create this stunning beautiful well-told story through um the the track and the space they have in space mountain uh, space mountain <laughs> we're not re- <laughs> if only we were remodeling space mountain no. space mountain um, to tiana's, tiana's space adventure we love it. <laughs> um, she has now taken her beignets to the moon. Yes, and um, she's an astronaut. So. <laughs> she can be anything. Um, oh, my gosh. So I think what they're going to do with the space that was formerly Splash Mountain, now Tiana's Bayou Adventure, is going to be incredible. It was definitely a bittersweet closure. I think being a little version of me and seeing that drop and finally, you know, getting the courage to go and ride it with my family and all those memories um, will will still be there because the attraction will still be the exact same. They're not changing the track. They're changing kind of what's yeah. what's within it. Um, so that's at least something that we can still hold on to. Obviously, we'll be able to have those memories um, and be old people and be like, remember when you would ride through and you would hear, how do you do? do, 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 do. <laughs> and seeing a zippity doodah and all of that. Um, so yeah, that closure I think was pretty big. And I think a lot of people booked trips and rushed out to Magic Kingdom to ride Splash Mountain one more time before it closed. Yeah, definitely. We definitely saw an influx, I feel like, last January because it closed, I believe, at the end of January of 2023. And I'm so excited for the opening of Tiana's Bayou Adventure. I'm curious, even though the track's going to be the same, I'm curious if the ride will feel different because of the theming. I feel like theming plays a lot into your emotion and, like, your fight or flight in an in fight or flight but like that's the best way to describe it with like an attraction Mm -hmm. and like if the theming around you is like moody or scary like you feel a little more like oh my gosh is the drop coming what's gonna happen so i'm curious how they're going to like play into that and if they're going to kind of have those moments at the same points that we experience them on splash or if it's going to feel totally different because that may make it feel like a totally different ride even though it's the same track I would say, um, so if you aren't familiar or don't remember, um, the Frozen Ever After attraction in Epcot used to be an attraction called Maelstrom, um, and it was about Norway and trolls and Vikings, and it was this very different storyline, and then they took all that out and put all the Frozen stuff in there. I could not tell you. I rode Maelstrom all the time with my dad. It was like, we thought it was funny the first time we wrote it (laughs) and then I'm sure um afterwards there was like a film an educational film on Norway that they wanted you to watch and we always thought it was funny to like sneak and run out before the film started and so I rode that attraction so many times I cannot recall or tell you 
anything about that ride now that the Frozen stuff is in there. That's crazy. Like, I remember riding it, and it was different, and the story was had nothing to do with Frozen. And I do remember the backwards part. Um, it, there was, like, an opening in the rock work, so you could see the ride from the outside. But other than that, like, what I remember about riding Maelstrom and now that it's Frozen they like are totally separate so i feel like it is going to create a very new experience we'll have to just watch like pov side by side once they open with the old and the new and it's a great idea okay this is when this happened okay cool so (laughs) that's a really big one for magic kingdom also something super funny that happened in magic kingdom this year there was a bear remember when the bear was in magic kingdom and they had to like there was an actual like real live bear in Magic Kingdom, they had to keep like half the park closed to try and like wrangle in this bear. Yes. I remember getting online and being like, oh my gosh, what is happening? Yeah, I believe they caught it and took it to the wild and released it in a very safe and good way. But yes, wild that, I mean, it was, it was not a character. It was not Pooh roaming yeah. the parks. It was not. <laughs> it, was, it was an actual, I wonder like, I need to go back and read the articles like, who spotted it and then what like at that at that point who do you call what do you do that's what i gotta think like if you're just a cast member um so manager um there's a bear like a like (laughs) not like from the like not from the jamboree like it's the bear it's an actual bear yeah i don't know how i would handle that i hope that people weren't like running screaming scared but disney i think did a really good job at closing off the area and keeping everyone safe and also keeping the bear safe because i'm sure that bear for as exciting as disney is for a creature like that was probably also scared and terrified probably very scared and confused just as maleficent the dragon in the fantasy (laughs) parade festival fantasy parade got on fire we had some really interesting things happen in the parks this year yep i think those two were like the top two like oh my gosh this thing's on fire and there's a bear yes um bears animatronic uh floats for parades on fire uh people getting off of small world with no clothes on oh my gosh that oh i i don't think I, my, my eyes are like burned also three from uh, seeing that content uh, somebody on three caballeros like threw a tantrum <laughs> and decided to walk off um yeah there was some pretty crazy just news of weird things happening in the parks this past year people be just out here doing the most yeah um, seriously it's too much it's too much okay Let's see. What else? Okay, so this year was also the big year for Disney 100. We saw a lot of this kind of get trickled in through the parks, but we also saw we've seen it through content on Disney Plus, um, through advertisements, commercials, merchandise. I mean, it's been like a takeover, which I know most of it has been centered in Disneyland, but we've seen a lot of it in Disney World as well. And it's been so confusing, I feel like, to go from the 50th anniversary to the Disney 100. Like a lot of people that aren't big Disney fans have come to me and been like, how do we go from the 50 to the 100? I'm so confused. I'm like, listen, the 50 is for the park. The 100 is for the company. And it's like, oh, okay, makes sense. But it has been a really prevalent part of this past year. I think I even heard more than once guests being like, wasn't there like a hundred years of magic that already happened? And this is a hundred years of wonder. And the hundred years of magic was like Walt's 100th birthday or something like that. And so there's just, they're always trying to throw out a celebration. But um, I do like that for the 
100 year celebration. Not only are we seeing some representation in the park, but we're also getting some things on like Disney Plus um, and other ways that people who aren't in the parks are able to celebrate, um, which I think is a nice touch. And we didn't necessarily, to a certain extent, maybe they had some specials come out on Freeform or Disney Plus for the 50th, but um, the stuff that's come out for the 100th specifically, I think has been really well done. And um, it's a really, I mean, a hundred years of the Walt Disney Company is not a small feat. So I do think that it deserves to be celebrated. 100%. Get it? <laughs> 100. 100. We also this year, or the, not this year, because it's now 2024. Last year, we also saw the announcement of a lot of things returning, such as the Disney dining plan will be returning. Um, or is it already back? January 9th. January 9th. Well, yes, January 9th. I would say by the time this episode comes out, but it won't be January 9th by then. Disney dining plan. Also, we had Ariel's Grotto and Enchanted Tales with Belle return. Happily Ever After came back. Praise the Lord. We, You know we are big HEA fans around here. And there was something else that came back. And I can't remember what it is now. We did have Fantasmic finally come back and it had some new additions. We had the addition of Elsa and Moana that previously weren't in the Fantasmic show. Um, but yes, we've got a lot of things that came back this year um, as well as like the general parties, um, like the Halloween party and the Christmas party. Those all came back, but we had in addition to returning, we also had new stuff trickle in that were along those lines as well. Yeah, we had Jollywood Nights, which was our first ever Christmas party in Hollywood Studios, which at first, when Jollywood Nights started, it was a little bit of a womp womp. The general like consensus was that it really wasn't hitting. It wasn't doing its job. And I think they made some changes throughout the season and it got progressively better from the stuff that I saw online. Is that what you saw as well? Yeah, I mean, the the feedback and the commentary that I listened to or read um, was, I mean, this is a huge event. This has hundreds of thousands of people buying tickets to go and participate. And you have to know that there are going to be some speed bumps along the way that Disney has to only figure out through trial and error and so I do think the first few nights there were some things that people were frustrated by and it didn't necessarily meet their expectations based on either what they read or what they were thinking because of something like Mickey's um, Very Merry Christmas Party that they do in Magic Kingdom. The two events are very, very different. Jollywood Nights is certainly more adult oriented um, and the way that it was set up, I think, got more efficient and streamlined as they had more nights of the event. Um, so I do know our friend Kelly at Kelly's Magical Vacations. Um, she went to more than one night. She went to the very first night and then she went to one of the last nights. And her experience at the two was very different. And I think that as the the event went on, they found those improvements that needed to be made to satisfy guests. So I would expect it to come back in 2024, at least for a second try. We'll see how it goes after that. Yeah, we'll have to see. I did remember what the item was that was coming back that I forgot earlier, which was there was the announcement of the all-day park hopper coming back, which is 
huge news for Disney parks because since COVID, we have had the 2 p.m. rule, which basically means you have to have a reservation for your park in the morning and then you cannot park hop until after 2 p.m., which I didn't realize I would would be so like tough because I thought I was like, oh, that wouldn't be bad. And then like when I started going to the parks after COVID, I was like, oh, I miss being able to like go into a park for breakfast and then skedaddling over to another park for the rest of the day and then coming back or whatever. So to have that freedom back is going to be super exciting. Yeah. In addition to that, another version of freedom that's going to come with that is no park reservations. Heck yeah. So previously you've had to say what park you're going to, where you're starting your day. And then once you start your day there, you are there until two o'clock, like Courtney said. Um, But now that you can hop anywhere, if people are wanting to have breakfast at, you know, Crystal Palace and Magic Kingdom and then go to Animal Kingdom for the rest of the day um, or even for a couple hours, keeping up with reservations is just too difficult. So reservations are going away. Park hopping is going to be whenever you want to hop, which is great. It gives guests a lot more flexibility. I think that it will help um, traffic and flow of queues for attractions kind of ebb and flow maybe a little better because before, I mean, You go to Hollywood Studios and you realize it's the busiest day of the year in Hollywood Studios. Well, you can't go anywhere else. Yeah, you're stuck. So I think that this will be a good change for the coming year. We'll have to see how that plays out. But um, a couple more things that came in 2023 for specifically Walt Disney World before we moved to other parks. We saw a lot of remodels and updates to the resorts, which are continuing to happen. So as people book new trips, they are getting new accommodations that are fresh and clean. Um, And in addition to updates to existing resorts, we also got the closure of the Galactic Star Cruiser, which I think was a shock to a lot of people. People knew it wasn't necessarily performing the way that Disney wanted it to, but um, the close of the closure of that resort happened in September. Their last voyage was in September and it was it even open for a whole year? I don't even remember, but it was so short-lived. It was shocking when the news came out because they poured so much time and money into this project to watch them just give up on it so easily. I was like, whoa, what has happened here? So that was a big part of 2023 for sure. Yeah, I think that it wasn't necessarily something people saw coming. So um, that was definitely shocking news, but it is it's gone now. And Disney has said that they would like to use that space for something in the future, but there hasn't been any announcement of what that might be. So we'll we'll have our ears perked up for any change there. And then um, the last thing for Hollywood Studios is the opening of Woody's Roundup Barbecue, a new uh, table service restaurant. It is family style, all you can eat barbecue um, American style and the theming in there is incredible. I've heard really good things about it. Um, and you can also meet the live action Ariel from the little mermaid, um, in magic kingdom now. So, um, those are all exciting, exciting additions. Um, anything else that we've missed? Well, um, your favorite park, Animal Kingdom, celebrated its 25th anniversary this past year. They threw a very small celebration for the park, but we love Animal Kingdom and we are glad that it's been around for 25 years and we're excited for the next 25. Yeah, somehow we're older than Animal Kingdom. Yeah, like all the other parks. I don't want to think about it. 
Yeah, all the other parks were like, oh, that's so cool. You're so old. I wish I could have been there when you opened, but Animal Kingdom? No. Yeah, we could have been there. Yep. Shoulda, coulda. Mm. Well, that's it for Walt Disney World in Florida. We are going to shift a little bit into the international parks and let you guys know what's been going on. Let's kick it off with Disneyland. Uh, We got the opening of Tiana's Palace which is a restaurant in Disneyland, obviously based off of Princess and the Frog. Uh, we also had the Disneyland version of Runaway Railway open, and they also had some resort remodels and changes. Anything that you know about those resorts? Um, I know that there is the uh, Paradise Pier is now becoming oh, Pixar yeah. Place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're doing like a full overhaul on the theming of that particular um resort and the disneyland um hotel got some updates as well but um the the runaway railway in their toontown looks amazing i feel like their version of that attraction just fits so well in what they have um in that particular area and tiana's place or palace looks amazing too the food i'm sure is great i know that there are similar Um, places on some of the cruise lines that you might be able to experience as well Um, and then the last thing that opened in Disneyland that I think is really neat and I would love to see myself is the San Francisco area San Francisco is the make-believe mashup city from Big Hero 6 Um, and this area has a lot of really great dining to enjoy in Disneyland it was previously um, Pacific Wharf was the name of the area and now it's San Francisco so you can get some really um, neat and interesting bites to eat over there as well as just enjoy some some pretty cool theming in that area. I love Big Hero 6. It's like up there for me in like one of my top Disney movies and I don't feel like it gets enough love. Agreed. And so I'm so glad that there is an area in the park dedicated specifically for this film. We, I don't know why we haven't done one, but we need to do one of our movie breakdowns on Big Hero 6 in the future. That's a good one. There we go. Live ideas right here on the Castle Trap. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) We've got a couple of things to talk about for the international parks. Court, you want to kick us off with something that (laughs) is probably, you know, just really making your bucket list? Um... I have to go to Hong Kong, like, soon to go see the world of Frozen, or I just might combust, because all the content I have seen of this area makes me want to cry, like, happy tears. I'm so overwhelmed with joy thinking about this land, and I just, I have to make my way to Hong Kong somehow. Yeah, I think um, the timing of World of Frozen opening in 2023 is perfect. It's the 10-year anniversary of the movie um, Frozen, the original. The original came out in 2013, which is wild. Um, But to have this newly themed land, um, I think it's going to draw so many people to want to travel internationally for Disney parks. Um, The theming is just absolutely insane and the attractions look amazing um so i definitely would love to visit hong kong and see this i think one of the crazy things about the hong kong park is that it's on the water um like the, it is literally if you look over the railing like there is sea or ocean um 
right there, which is crazy. So to have like World of Frozen, if you can imagine Arendelle, it's like centered like there's water all around it so I just feel like literally perfect it is literally straight out of the film um it's gorgeous and in addition to that we are getting another incredibly themed land in Shanghai we're going to get the opening of Zootopia um so I think that both of those are really great additions to the Asia parks but that's all I have for um park updates around the world anything we're missing court No, I think we're good. I mean, obviously, we had Destination D23 where they threw around a lot of um, blue sky ideas for the future of the parks. And we did a episode specifically on that. So if you're interested in learning more about the news from that event, definitely go check out that episode on your podcast platform of choice. But for now, let's. Let's shift it over to movies because um, we pulled the Rotten Tomatoes for all the big hits of the year, and some of them are a little surprising. I would say that they are definitely surprising. Should we go, like, least to best yes. ratings? Yes. Okay. Um, I think maybe we'll just, like, read off all of the movies that came out this year I know that we're not necessarily covering all of them. We're talking about the big ones. There's some smaller films that came out on Disney Plus. Um, but starting at the bottom, the lowest rated film of 2023 for the Walt Disney Company was Haunted Mansion. I never saw it. You saw it, though, didn't you? I saw it and I actually enjoyed it. Um, I thought as a Disney fan, I mean, the... The version of Haunted Mansion with Eddie Murphy is its own story. It's its own thing. It has no relation to the park or the attraction. It's just a fun, funny story about a a haunted mansion. And we were trying to figure out why it's haunted. This new version of the film is 100% based on the attraction. And so if you're a big Disney fan and you've been on the attraction, you pick up on all those little cues, which I think was fun in the same way that the Jungle Cruise movie with The Rock and Emily Blunt clearly throws things back to the attraction you can say oh my gosh when I rode they told that joke that's crazy and so in the same way when you're watching this movie you know exactly what all these little references are Um, so I thought that that was a neat if you know if you're going to make a new one they did do Muppets Haunted Mansion already so they've done a lot of Haunted Mansion stuff and I think that it you know, maybe just didn't hit for a lot of people because it's a little overkill on the Haunted Mansion. But if you are a tried and true Disney fan and you love the Haunted Mansion attraction, I mean, this film was enjoyable. Well, according to Rotten Tomatoes, it wasn't. It was a 37%. Crazy. That's so low. That is literally so low. But don't worry, guys. It's only up from here because that was the <laughs> lowest. So next on our list is Ant-Man and the Wasp Mania coming in at a 46% on Rotten Tomato- Tomatoes. I saw this film. Did you see this film? I did not see this film. Okay, I saw this film with my little sisters when they came over from England for my wedding. And it was like the only thing in theaters and I really wanted to take them to the movies. And so we went and I was like, what is happening? This is so interesting. Interesting was the best word to describe that film. Um, it's like one of those Marvel films that just didn't quite hit it. And Marvel's had a lot of those recently, like Thor Love and Thunder. And so it just kind of fell in that category for me. So this one, I wasn't necessarily surprised with the 46%. After 
This is, um, and I, I have not seen this film yet. It's still on my list to see. Courtney has seen this film, so she might be able to speak to it a little bit more. But the next lowest rated film on Disney's releases for 2023 was Wish. Wish was directed by Jennifer Lee, who also directed Frozen. Um, I feel like there were big expectations for this movie, and it only got a 48% yeah, on Rotten Tomatoes. I saw it, and I actually, I liked it quite a lot. Um, I mean, it's it's not groundbreaking. It's not Frozen. It's not Tangled. It's not one of the iconic animated newer Disney films, for sure. But um, songs are catchy. They're not iconic. They're catchy. Um, Storyline's cute. It's a cute film, for sure. I think it should have scored higher than a 48%. But I know, I mean, Disney did so much advertisement for this film that it didn't even do that well, like, box office-wise, like, numbers. So it's just kind of interesting to see. I just, it's interesting. Yeah. So I'll I'll have to see and, and give it my own um opinion or review but yeah that was pretty low the next one is another marvel movie another um addition to the cinematic universe it is the marvels the marvels we'll say this was way better than quantum mania um also really cute there are some really weird moments in this film with cats like if you're a cat lover then like this is your film but like it's it's just those parts were were interesting, but I love the girl power in this movie, um, the humor. I thought it was a, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, it got a sixty two on Rotten Tomatoes. I think um, with films like this, I do. If you are following the Marvel Cinematic Universe, if you've seen a lot of the content from the movies to whatever might be um, on Disney Plus as well. It is neat when these characters come together and you're like, oh, I watched this. I watched Miss Marvel. Oh, I watched this. I watched Scarlet Witch and WandaVision, um, yeah. WandaVision and um, and picking up on Captain uh, Marvel and all of these things that are coming together now in one film. I do think that it is more enjoyable when you've been following yes. the the cinematic universe instead of just going to see a movie to see a movie um if you have no context no background then it's all kind of you know what am i watching well yeah and that might be why it scored a little bit lower on rotten tomatoes because if you hadn't seen miss marvel then like her being a part of the storyline well doesn't make sense to you right because she's not in anything else besides her own tv show whereas like you know if you've seen captain marvel then you kind of know like what's going on so yeah, that was that was it for um, the Marvels, I'd say. The next one is our live action, The Little Mermaid, which was a big film of the year, came in at 67 percent. Yeah, I mean, Courtney and I did a whole episode on this film. So if you want more of our thoughts and opinions on this particular film, go listen to that episode. We compared um, the live action with the original animated version and all the changes that were made. Um, I think that Disney did a good job. You know, if you're going to take a huge, iconic classic like The Little Mermaid and remake it, I think they did a good job. I think the film was beautiful. Um, 67%. I feel like... I probably would have given it a little higher than that, a higher percentage. But, um, you know, for for what it is, for what it was, I thought the film was was good. And I think it did well in the box office. 
Yes, it did do very well in the box office. All right, coming in at number three for the year is Indiana Jones, Dial of Destiny, and that is at a 70%. I did not see this film. I didn't see it either, and it was because I did not hear anything good about it. I feel like people were disappointed. People were excited. I mean, diehard Indiana Jones fans were excited to see Harrison Ford, you know, take this role again but I think the storyline was a miss for a lot of people Um, but it still got a 70 so it has to be decent so I'm definitely gonna take time to to watch it later on okay we're at the final two of 2023 which happened to be my two favorite Disney movies of this year I would totally agree have to be um so coming in at number two is Pixar's Elemental this film was so good. Like I so good. This is the only film um, out of this list and any of the ones that Disney has released in 2023. This is the only one that I have gone back and watched a second time. Yes, I have actually watched this film like three or four times. We went and saw it together. We did. And it was super special and I loved it and it was great. And Yes, it was it was good. And it came in at a 73 percent and it deserves more than that. Yeah, we also did an episode on this one. So go listen to that. We've um, clearly done our deep dives for 2023 on some of the big hitters. But number one, which I actually would say was my number one for the year, but I couldn't. I could not go back and watch this film again after you boohooed like a baby I, the whole like the whole end of the movie. Oh my gosh, I boohooed so hard. But we are talking about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. Um, this movie came in at an eighty-two percent on Rotten Tomatoes, and man, this movie messed me up. I thought it was phenomenal. I love the film, um, but yeah, I was like so red-faced and tears everywhere. We both cried. A lot in this film. It's so good. And my dad is a huge Gardens of the Galaxy fan. And he waited to see it until it came out on Disney Plus to watch it with me. And to watch it with him was super special. I was like, man, this feels even better to watch with my dad. So that was that was awesome. Um, And I think I would guess you as listeners would probably agree that was the best film of 2023. If you disagree, though, let us know what was your favorite movie out of this list by sending us a DM. Yes, I think that we had some decent films come out. Nothing was like going to make that like, okay, your top three from the last five years. I don't know, you know, that they did anything truly outstanding, um, but I did love a lot of the movies on this list. So that's it for movies. I will say that there was something that I wanted to mention specifically about the Walt Disney Studio and the movies that were released in 2023, which kind of falls into our company-ish news, but it is fully revolving around films. Um, We got the announcement this week that for the first time since 2016, Walt Disney Studios was not the highest grossing film studio of the year. That's shocking. Yeah. They released um, 17 films this year and they lost out. They gave the throne. They gave the crown to Universal. I'm sure that Disney won't let that happen again, though. I'm sure seeing that news has put a fire under their bootes and they're like, "Uh uh-uh, no, we got to claim this back. Yeah, so... 
the crazy thing to me too i mean i know it's a lot of zeros difference but when you look at it the way that they describe it in the articles disney grossed 4.8 billion and universal grossed 4.9 billion um so i mean it was not like they lost out by a ton but between super mario brothers and a lot of other films that universal released um this past year they they won they won the the battle for highest grossing studio of the year and Disney has not lost that fight since 2016. So I thought that was worth mentioning. Um, that's pretty significant news. And like Courtney said, I think that maybe that is the fire under their butt that they need to really get to work on creating um, something that is original and exciting for Disney fans in the future. Yeah, we'll have to see what happens. All right, let's shift it over to our Disney Plus and TV realm for the Walt Disney Company. We had some um, Star Wars, some Marvel, and obviously some High School Musical, the musical, the series. We can't forget about that. Um, So kicking it off with The Mandalorian Season 3, another season of Mando and Grogu and what's going on in their adventures and... I gotta say, season three wasn't it for me. Yeah, I also feel like I trailed off a little bit. Um, Something that I totally forgot now that we're mentioning it, Mando came to the parks. That was new this year. Oh, yeah, that was new. Um, So we got to see Din Djarin and Grogu roaming around Galaxy's Edge, but um, that is due to the success and the popularity of The Mandalorian on Disney+. Um, Yeah, season three was not my favorite. Um, I, in other seasons feel like I was kind of really trying to pay attention on the edge of my seat and in this new season I think I fell asleep in a couple of episodes yes, same um where the storyline was really just dragging out so uh I'm not sure what that means for the future but I do know that it's still you know a very popular and beloved series that Disney Plus has going for them so hopefully there is more to come in the future our um next Star Wars series from 2023 was Ahsoka yeah, I mean, my, my my dog is literally named Ahsoka. We call her Soki, Soka girl, whatever. Love you, baby girl, if you're listening, uh, even though you're a dog and you can't understand me. Um, loved the show. Thought it was awesome. Loved getting to see more of her um, background and the connections with the Clone Wars and Rebels and like how that all intertwined. My husband is really into all of those shows, and so he was very much geeking out when certain things happened and so he was a big fan of this show I really enjoyed this show what did you think I was surprised by how much I enjoyed it Um, I do know that there were some heavy Star Wars geeking out moments with Anakin they they did some some CGI stuff this was it was very special to see him in this show especially because of the relationship that he has with Ahsoka in the Clone Wars. So that's where I think the big geeking out moment was happening for Star Wars fans. Yes. And I do know that um, he has gotten some flack over the years over his depiction of Anakin and, and how he was as an actor. And I think in this last year, I've seen a lot of interviews and a lot of Disney fans really hyping him up just reminding him how beloved and important he is to the star wars universe oh yeah um which i think was really cool to see as uh, a new age star wars fan i don't um have memories of like geeking out over star wars as a kid and so 
um, getting to have a little bit of that background knowledge and then see him continue to be a part of this story um i think was really was really neat yeah so that was it for the star wars realm we'll shift it over to marvel we did have secret invasion which was a big womp womp in my opinion it was another one of those series that i just fell asleep during episodes i didn't couldn't really get into it um with nick fury and i think it's this the scroll is that what they're called yeah i actually only watched the first uh two episodes of this and then did not pick it back up because i did not did not get into um the show from the beginning but on the other side of the marvel universe for 2023 um i could definitely get behind it and i would watch it over and over again and that is loki season two uh, loki and wandavision in my opinion are the two best marvel series that they have put out oh my gosh i mean i think I, i'm I'm new to Marvel and Star Wars in the grand scheme of things both, but I do think that what they did with WandaVision and Loki made me more of a Marvel fan than a Star Wars fan because of how incredible those shows are. They both are magnificent, and season two of Loki is phenomenal. I love it. I love it probably just as much as season one and I will say though I was looking for just a little bit more from season two like by the time season two ended I was like oh but but I want more like I thought the story was going to progress more than than what it did and that's that's saying that when it really was a progressive season within itself it's one of those seasons where you just want to keep knowing more about the storyline. And I think that's what makes it phenomenal that I was left being like, please give me more. Right. Exactly. Um, so Loki that, I mean, for me, we talked about our favorite movies and things of the year. I think Loki season two is probably my favorite Disney plus release of the year. Um, but we also have our uh, final bullet point to talk about for Disney Plus, which is <laughs> the final season of High School Musical, the musical, the series. So this show is a show that if I have it on and Jed walks in the room, he's like, are you really watching this? Like, surely you're not interested in this. And it's one of those like guilty pleasure shows that like if I was a teenager when this came out, it would have been my everything. Like, I would have just associated everything with High School Musical, the musical, the series, just like I did with the High School Musical movies when I was a teenager and they did come out. So now as an adult watching them, I feel like I'm, like, finding my inner teen. And um, I just, there's something about the series that I'm like, oh, let me binge watch it. It's so good. Yeah. <laughs> and it's I so cheeseball. <laughs> it's so cheeseball. I think it's cute. I do appreciate it for what it is. I think for our generation the importance of high school musical to us makes this show relevant and so um it is a guilty pleasure just because you are getting that little taste of something that you loved so much um which would have been the original high school musical films um and in addition to that i do think that the importance that these films have had in so many different aspects of disney and their um their making of films that aren't necessarily theater releases. Um, even Zac Efron, when he was doing his speech this year for the Hollywood Walk of Fame, um, basically said he owed it to being a wildcat. And so I think that these storylines and the idea of high school kids just singing their hearts out is endearing. And so even if it is cheese ball, it's still fun to watch. 
Definitely. Well, that's it for our TV and movie realm. Let's quickly touch on a few things from the company as a whole, and let's round out this episode. Yes, let's do it. So in my travel agent brain, um, one of the things that happened in 2023, which I think for the Disney company is worth mentioning, um, you can find a lot of National Geographic content on Disney+, Plus, but Disney now um, owns or is in partnership with National Geographic. And so in addition to just viewing content of National Geographic stuff, they have now expanded their almost like Adventures by Disney section of their travel side of the company into National Geographic. And so now National Geographic um, experts are becoming part of these vacations, these trips um, where people can travel in kind of an extreme sense. And if you really want to like learn about a culture or go on these crazy hikes with biologists who can tell you about all of the stuff that you're seeing and experiencing that's like a new aspect to Disney travel that Disney has introduced this last year um so it's not something that I think is going to be widely popular and not a ton of people are going to go on these trips but it is something new for Disney hey it's exciting and it's a new opportunity to have adventure so why not so that's awesome yeah what else do we have for the company Okay, so Disney Cruise Line announced their new cruise ship, which will be the Disney Treasure. It's going to be very Aladdin-focused. That is like the icon of the ship. So that was a big announcement from 2023, and I believe it set sail in this year, 2024. Is that correct? Yeah, later this year it will make its debut voyage, um, but it's essentially a sister ship to The Wish. It will be laid out the exact same. It will just have some different theming. We got the announcement of Haunted Mansion Bar and Jungle Cruise area and some fun stuff like that that is definitely park lover focused um, that I think people will be excited to see. I mean, let me know when there's like a Big Thunder Mountain themed bar because, I mean, we're starting to get these attraction themed bars on cruise ships. A saloon makes so much sense. I mean, we've got the Jungle Cruise movie. We've got the Haunted Mansion movie. So I'm like, can we get some other representation? Yeah. Um, let's get some other attractions in there and sign me up whenever there's a Big Thunder Mountain. Deal. Bar. I'll tell you. I'll be the first the to saloon. let you know. Show me up. Got it. Show me up. What does that even mean? I, show you there. <laughs> I'll be there. Okay. Sounds good. We're just really, um, at, at the beginning of the year, doing really great with words. We are. Okay. What, what else do we have? Okay. So... Um, the last bit of news before we talk about Sir Iger, um, and his, Sir Iger, (laughs) and his role in the Disney company this year, um, there was a previously announced Imagineering campus, um, for Florida. Disney had said that they really wanted to move a big chunk of their Imagineering employees to Central Florida. A lot goes on in Walt Disney World in that area, and it's a huge hub for Disney. It's one of its highest grossing parks, et cetera, et cetera. And so they were going to create this huge Imagineering campus and transfer like 2,000 employees to Florida. And with the battle between the Florida government and Disney, Um, Governor DeSantis and and Disney's clashing and how Disney is going to operate within the state um, has pulled that that campus, that idea from the list, um, which I think is really interesting. I mean, a a new 
space to create, I think, for creative people is always invigorating and exciting. And so I think it was exciting to hear that there's going to be a whole area for Imagineering, especially for um, maybe East Coast people who want to work for Disney and be Imagineers and not move to the West Coast. I thought that was an exciting opportunity. Um, And now that it's not happening, I don't know what that means. Um, If it will just not happen and Imagineering will stay where it's at. But um, I thought that that for the company was a pretty big plug to pull. Definitely. I mean, that would have been so exciting for people within that role, but also for just Walt Disney World to have those people more local, I think would have been really beneficial for them. So it is really sad to hear that that is no longer a project, but I'm sure in the future, something will be able to be done about this. Oh my goodness. Uh, Now we have to talk about Sir Iger. Sir Iger himself, who has had a little bit of controversy. Yeah. So, I mean, Bob Iger is back as CEO. He um, became interim CEO and signed on for two years when Bob Chapek was removed by the board. Um, I believe he is now planning to stay for longer than that. Um, But he's had a couple of interviews and said a couple of things that have rubbed people the wrong way. Um, People have described him as an out-of-touch billionaire, and he doesn't understand um, what true Disney fans want or need, and yada, yada, yada. So um, he's had a little bit of heat this past year, and he's made some statements. Um, I think even before we got the numbers for Disney not beating Universal in um, being the highest-grossing film studio for the year, um, Bob Iger made some comments about Disney storytelling within their films and maybe um, the company and the storytelling was starting to lean too hard into a woke narrative um, or having a storyline that might be over kids' heads where we're kind of um, we've lost true Disney story in a lot of these films and so that was that was some of the commentary that he has made in the last little bit and some people didn't like it some people agree um, but I feel like where he sat prior to him stepping down definitely is not in the same note I feel like he's got a little bit more heat on his back right now um, and I will be curious to see the decisions um, that he makes moving forward in 2024. Well, you know, when anything happens, you'll hear it here on the Castle Chat, that's for sure, because we will keep you guys updated on that and all these other things that we mentioned in this episode. When I think about 2023 as a whole for Walt Disney World, I think of um, exciting new opportunities, announcements, like closures, but not just closures of things that we're never going to get back, closures of things that are going to be reimagined and more excitement to come and so i know that 2024 is going to be a big year for disney we're going to see more things open and i'm sure we'll hear about things that are blow our mind and shock us and we will not be expecting as well so when we hear about it we will tell you Yes, and we can't wait to do so. 2024 is going to be an exciting year for Disney, which means it's going to be an exciting year for the Castle Chat. We've got all the things that we want to keep you informed with and also just continue to be inspired by what Disney does to create on our own. So thank you guys for being a part of our 2023 and riding through the highs and lows of being Disney fans together. Um, If you have not reached out to us personally through a DM or message or however, you choose please do we love building this family we love 
chatting with you guys one-on-one outside of you know chatting with you through these podcast episodes so um, we're excited for what this year has to hold for us as a fam but I think that's it it sure is we'll head to our segments and we'll see you at the end of our episode Surprise! We wanted to kick off 2024 with a fun and exciting giveaway. Kelsey from The Lost Weekend Co. has been one of our biggest supporters, and she wanted to team up with us to bring Castle Chat listeners the perfect New Year's gift. One of her stunning emerald green Disney-inspired planners. If you've been listening to us for a while, you know that we always sign off our episodes with There's a Great Big Beautiful Tomorrow, and this is what you're going to find on the cover of the Lost Week and Co. 2024 Disney-inspired planner. It's stunning, it's beautiful, and for more information on how you can be the winner of this incredible gift, you can head to our Instagram at the Castle Chat to find all the entry details today. Small shop shout out. It's 2024 and we're shouting out someone new. Yeah. <laughs> we're really losing uh, losing steam here with the small shop shout out jingles, but we are shouting out just the same with the same amount of love and energy for all of these creators and small shops that do so much for the Disney community. Who do we have today, Court? We have the best day ever shop. And they specialize in custom patches, accessories, and ears. So they do it all. I mean, if you are looking for a little touch of Disney for your backpack, whether that's through a patch or just a Disney accessory or maybe a new pair of ears, this is definitely the shop that you want to be following. I love that these small shops are just so creative and they... Even though some of them might sell similar products, they all do it in such a unique way that it's like you need to be following all of them because they're all they all provide a large amount of value. Yeah, no, they all definitely add some some flair to being a Disney fan. And I think it's so fun when you're in a park and you see something unique that you've never seen before and you're not going to see it in any of the merchandise shops. And so these creators um, and shop owners go the extra mile to um, pull out all the stops to make sure that we are rocking the latest and greatest and something that's a little unique. Yeah, definitely. So if you're not giving them a follow on Instagram, be sure to do so. You can find them at the best day ever shop. Magic moments. Magic moments for a magical new year. (laughs) New year, same jingles. (laughs) Same sorry jingles. Sorry, guys. Here we are back with another magic moment. This is the moment in our episode where we get to talk about you and your special Disney moments that you have submitted, whether that's through our um, Magic Moments Monday or you've sent us a DM. We have a collection of them and we are just going through them and highlighting each of you and your magic moments. So, Kate, who do we have today for our magic moment? 
Today we have Magical Maddie 8 on Instagram, and she sent us a message saying that her magic moment in Disney was getting to take her husband there for the very first time. I love this because there's nothing better than taking the one you love to the happiest place on earth and experiencing that joy together as a couple. Yes, experiencing it together as a couple is always fun in general, but getting to see Disney through fresh eyes is always invigorating to me. I love getting to, I hope, show them Disney in a way that also makes them appreciate and love it, where some people might stick their nose up and be like, oh, it's just like a kid's theme park. What's so special about it? But then you take them and they're like, oh my gosh, there's so much more to experience and um, see than I thought. And so I love getting to um, experience Disney with people who've never been, but for it to be your husband, I mean, that is definitely a magical moment. Very, very special. If you have a magic moment that you would like to share with us, be sure to send us a DM or put it in the question box on our Magic Moments Monday. Well, guys, thanks so much for spending time with us today on this episode of the Castle Chat. For now, we'll leave you with what we always leave you with, which is there's a great big beautiful tomorrow out there waiting for you. Go make it magical. See you real soon. See you, friends. Bye. Bye.